Good afternoon, boxing fans around the world. Back again on Combat Talk Radio, found at combattalkradio.net with a our weekend of boxing updates here. Feel free to check us out. Once again, the site is combattalkradio.net. Leave us some comments, questions, suggestions, feedback on how we're doing, and we will get right into our weekend of boxing. For all those out on the West Coast, good morning. If you're not on the West Coast, welcome. My name is Leister. I'm your host here, Combat Talk Radio, covering the pretty amazing weekend of fights that we've got. I chose to do it on Saturday morning for me on purpose. The reason for this is I got other stuff to do. So, I mean, that's really my reason. But we got a lot of fights on deck, really good fights on deck. It is worth watching the fights on deck if you're a fight fan. I'm going to go through these pretty quick because there are some of the fights that are lesser fights, but I still want to give them a little bit of attention. But the top fight that we've got on deck, Devin the Dream Haney fighting Vasily Lomachenko, a.k.a. Matrix. 12 rounds at lightweight. This is on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. So FYI, it is a pay-per-view fight. I know that pisses people off, but it is what it is. It's, it's Lomachenko. And then Sky Sports, if you're in the UK, kudos to you guys out there. This is in the MGM Grand out here in Vegas. If you are local for all the belts at lightweight. So remember, Devin Haney is the unified champion. He holds all the belts. There's no other belt holder, legitimate belt holder than Devin Haney. This is for all the belts. This is Lomachenko's opportunity to win all the belts that he failed to do when he didn't show up against Tiafimo. So let me give you some background if you weren't following this, because some of you might not have been following, but of course, Lomachenko had challenged Tiafimo at the time. Lomachenko held everything except, I believe, it was the WBO regular. Lomachenko held the WBC franchise. He didn't hold the WBC regular. WBC regular was held by Devin Haney. Devin Haney only had the WBC regular because Lomachenko refused to fight him. And then WBC granted him or gifted him the franchise title. So there was a dispute because, and I covered this on a past podcast at combattalkradio.net. So then Loman goes in there against Tiafimo. Tiafimo, again, it wasn't that Tiafimo won. Lomachenko lost. He didn't show up. He didn't do what he needed to do to win the fight. That's what happened there. Tiafimo takes the vast majority of the belts from Lomachenko. Lomachenko talks about he was injured and this, that, and the other. I had it a draw in my personal opinion. The point is I can accept a loss from Lomachenko, a close loss. It was not a wide loss. Tiafimo didn't really do much other than uh, for, for whatever reason, caused Lomachenko not to throw punches. I don't think that was really Tiafimo. I think it's something on Lomachenko where he was trying to do a strategy and it didn't work. But if you slow down the fight, you'll see Lomachenko did not, he didn't show up, bottom line. Tiafimo then gets challenged by a mandatory George C. and Punk Cambosis. <laughs> and of course, the quote of the night with Cambosis, the belt to you, cuss. So then they go in there. Cambosos drops Tiafimo. Tiafimo looks like garbage. Cambosos beats Tiafimo, takes the titles. So now Cambosos is the man, except for the WBC, held by Haney. Cambosos, Tiafimo ducks the rematch and moves up. Cambosos then wants to fight Haney. Haney comes up. He's mandatory anyway. They get in there. It's a masterclass. Devin Haney completely washes George C. and Punk Cambosos and unifies the division. There was a mandatory rematch clause inside the contract for Cambosis. Haney has to fly out there to Australia in the whole nine. So everything's against him because Cambosis is the A side. Haney goes out there and does it again, basically washes him again. So Haney has two clear victories over who was at one time the man. Okay, so then now fast forward and it's decide, okay, who's going to fight next? Remember that Tank Davis is still ranked at lightweight, but he's not. He's not campaigned like that, but he's still ranked at lightweight. 
Well, Lomachenko comes back on docket. He wants a shot. Lomachenko is highly ranked still, despite taking that L. And then just recently, he didn't look, he looked like crap, frankly, did Lomachenko. Didn't look anywhere near like what he used to. Speed was nowhere what he used to. Skill is obviously there. You lose your speed first, then your skill, then your power. So now we're seeing Devin Haney and Lomachenko. And people have this a toss-up fight. I don't, and I'm going to tell you why here in a second, but let me just go by the numbers real quick. Obviously, Devin Haney is way younger than Lomachenko, but in terms of experience, rounds in the books, they are roughly equivalent, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know. They're roughly equivalent in terms of rounds in the books. Now, here's why that's an indictment on Devin Haney more than Lomachenko. Remember, Lomachenko, he started and he immediately went to a title opportunity, Salido, right? And Lomachenko has almost half the fights of Devin Haney, yet has basically the same number of rounds in the books. Well, how is that, how is that possible? <laughs> well, when you fight scrubs, which Haney did early in his career, you pad a record. And so Haney's record is largely padded. He's not really beaten too many guys of significant note, except very recently when he started stepping up prior to him winning the belts. So Haney's record is padded is my point. Haney is not a knockout artist, neither is Lomachenko. Lomachenko was making people quit. I don't believe in my heart of hearts he's going to make Devin Haney quit. So if we accept that, then we look at Lomachenko as a southpaw. As a southpaw, that's going to play in the factor when fighting against anybody who's orthodox style. And when you have somebody who is the skill level Lomachenko, I think it plays a strong factor. Here's where it sways slightly into Devin Haney's direction, his age, his height, his reach. And I would argue Haney has the ability to slow down a fight. And there's a lot of complaints about the holding and et cetera. The truth is he has the, uh, probably in the, in the game, the strongest skill of slowing down a fight, creating a pace, dictating a pace, making it to where it's his fight. I don't think that strategy is going to work against Lomachenko because Lomachenko recently, and he's had three wins since that TOL. And again, he didn't look good in one of the last ones, but they've always been decisive wins for him. So I don't think that slowing down is going to, favor Devin Haney in this fight. In my opinion, the only way Devin Haney is going to look good on the cards for the judges is to be the aggressor. So that's my story is if Haney can be the aggressor, use his size advantage, go after Lomachenko and actually try, you know, because I don't think he's going to be able to catch. He might be, he might be able to outspeed Lomachenko like Bam did against uh, Rungvija. He might be able to do that. He might be able to just be faster and counter and all that. I don't see he's going to be able to breach Loma's defense like that because Loma still has a very good defensive strategy around him. So I don't think it's a pick em fight because everything favors, in terms of the numbers, everything favors Devin Haney in this fight. The one thing that favors Lomachenko is his skill. So I don't think it's a pick em. I don't. Because if you if all you have really is defensive brilliance and skill left in and you don't really have speed what's left if this person over here and it's really Devin showing up and doing something he's never done before which is go after the guy if he goes after Lomachenko I see Devin Haney beating Lomachenko if Devin does not go after Lomachenko and he lets Loma get off first I see I see it being a close decision and if it's a close decision I see it leaning over Lomachenko's side so I don't see a 50-50 because I don't see them equivalent in that regard. There's too many numeric advantages for Devin Haney. 
but skill is still on Loma's side. Southpaw's still on Loma's side, and we need Devin Haney to have the right strategy going in there because if he doesn't, he's going to take an L. So I don't, I don't think he's going to hear this, but Devin, if you go in there and you're fighting backwards or tentative or anything else like you did, like Lenaris, for example, you're going to take an L. You're going to have to go after Lomachenko because Lomachenko is going to come forward. He's not going to go backward. He's going to come forward after you because he knows he has to. He did it against Tiafimo. So, and Tiafimo is a harder puncher. So you're going to have to go after this guy. If you don't go after Lomachenko, you're going to take an L. And if you take an L, it's not a huge thing because it's Lomachenko. He's one of the top fighters in the world. But the age disparity of this basically validates what Cambosa said to Tiafimo, which is the belts are your curse. If, if you go in there trying to outstyle this man, you're going to take an L, and it validates what the guy said. Because if Lomachenko takes the belts, the next person to fight him is going to beat him. Because they're going to do the style that you would have sucked at doing. So this comes down to what Devin's game plan is. If he does not do what he needs to do, he's going to take an L. It's really that, it's really that simple. Most people feel like Devin Haney is going to decision Lomachenko. I, I truly don't think it's that easy. I could get that wrong. I don't feel like it's that easy. I think that decision is going to be actually harder for Devin Haney to get than, you know, unless he's just the constant aggressor. And from my eyes, he's never been a constant aggressor. I think it's a fight worth watching because we're going to learn a lot about Devin Haney and learn a lot where he is. And we're going to learn a lot about what Loma still has left in the tank. I think his recovery back has been decent, but again, there's clear declines on Lomachenko, and I think that's going to play into the fight. The other fight on this undercard here, 10 rounds of super featherweight action. Oscar Valdez is finally returning versus Adam Lopez, and Oscar Valdez, he pisses me off because it was some of it wasn't his fault, but he was supposed to fight, I believe it was Navarrete, and then he withdrew, and I think he said he had an injury or something. He was supposed to fight Broner. That would have been a hell of a fight if that had happened. Um, I don't know how that would have happened, but apparently there was gonna they were gonna try to make something happen with Broder that didn't happen. So Valdez, I think what I think what got Valdez is weight shifts going up and down and weight, and then just like with uh, Victor Ortiz or Virgil Ortiz, just going up and down and weight and something mess with him. So this is this is where we're at now. No problem. This is a really good fight. I, I'm aware of both guys. I like both guys. The thing I don't like about this fight, and it's not Oscar's fault, but both guys are coming off losses, fresh off losses, so it's a rebuild fight on both sides. Oscar Valdez has significantly more experience. Oscar Valdez is the stronger puncher. Oscar Valdez has pretty much every advantage other than height and reach advantage. And then, of course, age, but I'm not going to play age on this one because it feels like Lopez has been on the decline very recently, so I still think everything else favors Valdez, even though he doesn't have the height and reach advantage. I don't think that Lopez is going to be able to use it to make a difference in this fight. I see Valdez getting a stoppage in this fight, and that's not a ding on Lopez. I just think Lopez has been on the decline. He's going to get caught with something and get taken out. The other top bill fight that's happening, women's action, 10-round super lightweight. This is on the zone out in Dublin, Ireland. Katie Taylor finally makes her return. She's fighting against Chantel Cameron. The interesting story of this fight is that people believe, for whatever reason, people believe that this is in Taylor's hometown, okay? So people think, though, that Cameron has the advantage on the cards, that Cameron is going to get a, quote, gift, which doesn't make any sense to me because, again, it's in Katie's hometown. If anybody's going to get a gift, it's Katie. She already got a gift before. So now that said, I think very highly of Cameron. I think they're both undefeated, and Katie shouldn't be, but they're both under. <laughs> she shouldn't be. Come on. 
Um, they're both undefeated for right now, but Cameron, I like Cameron a lot. I, I think highly of her as a fighter. She's not the power, but she certainly has more than many of the women out there. That's low bar, but she, I like her as a fighter. I like her style. I like her presence and how she's going at it. She is slightly younger, not much younger, and I don't think it's going to play in the factor, but I like her as a fighter. I really do. And I think that, I think that she's, she could be something here. Um, when she beat McCaskill, I was, I was very impressed at her ability in that fight and what she showed me where I, this fight, when it came up on docket, I'm like, okay, I want to definitely want to check this out and uh, see what's going to happen here. Because again, Katie Taylor arguably should not be, in my opinion, she should not be undefeated because I had her, I had Serrano beating her. That's just my opinion on that matter. So I want to see, I'd like to see this one. I think it's going to be a good fight. I know some people don't like women's action, but I think it's a good fight for what it is. And again, I do like Chantel. Um, most people have Katie Taylor watching Chantel. I don't see it that easy or one-sided given what I've seen from Katie Taylor. It's not that Katie Taylor's not a skilled fighter, but she hasn't shown up against certain types of styles is my point. Gary Culley versus Jose Felix Jr. is on that undercard, also out in Ireland. I am aware of Culley. I'm not aware of Felix Jr. Felix Jr. feels like a soft-touch rebuild. I mean, geez, terrible record. Horrible record. Way more experience. He's been in the game a long time. Way more experience in fights, but he's not been shown up. He's been completely dominated in his last fights. And Culley is a knockout artist. So I, I don't think this one's going to last very long. So I don't think it's worth discussing beyond that. Also out in Dublin, Ireland, uh, this is eight rounds of welterweight, by the way. Patty Donovan returns fighting Sam Amizen. Sam Amizen, again, soft touch, rebuild. I don't think much of him. Way more experienced than Donovan. Donovan, though, is on the build. He's the young, upcoming guy. Uh, decent fighter. I, I didn't see much of him, but he's a decent fighter. I, Donovan, I think, completely destroys Amizen, in my opinion. <laughs> so I think we're talking about. Junto Nakatani returns against Andrew Maloney. This is in this is on the uh, Devin Haney undercard MGM Grand twelve rounds of super flyweight ESPN Plus. I don't know if this is on the pay per view or not, but it is on the same event and then Sky Sports of the UK. I am aware of Gentle Nakatani, really good kid. I like him a lot, and then Jason Maloney, who's gotten just a bad rap of it all. I I really like Jason Maloney. I like both guys. I really do. Nakatani to Southpaw here. This is for Junior, junior Bantamweight, by the way, uh, was vacated. On the line, yeah, I think it's a really solid, good fight. Maloney has way more experience. Both of these guys are punchers. They will try to get you out of there, and both guys are dangerous. I'm leaning towards Nakatani on this one. As much as I like Jason Maloney, I, I do like Jason Maloney, or excuse me, Jason, Andrew Maloney. I do like Andrew Maloney a lot. I just, Nakatani feels like he's on another level. He's a way younger guy. He's a southpaw. He's got the reach advantage. He's got the height advantage. He's a strong puncher, and he just, he's quick. He's really... Really good guy. If you haven't seen um, this guy, Junto Nakatani, fight, you need to check him out. I know some of the Japanese fighters, they get a bum rap. You need to check out Junto Nakatani. He's a really solid fighter. And then Raymond Mortalia fighting against uh, Jeremiah Nakatilia. I know Nakatilia. I, I watched one of his fights, and I wasn't impressed. He just, I don't know. There's something about him. I'll get to that in a second. But Mortalia undefeated don't know much about him i saw one fight i believe his he's a knockout guy uh he's fairly recent to the pro game he has less experience uh the nakatilia i i don't know if it's i don't know what it is about nakatilia it feels like he again in certain fights 
he doesn't go all the way. Like he doesn't put all of it in there. It feels like he doesn't go out there trying to get the W, if that makes sense. It's like if he gets it, he gets it, but he doesn't go and try. The only thing he really has to hang his hat on was when he stopped Miguel Burchelt and stopped Burchelt in six. And that was like the last I saw that he was that dude. And then no problem. He has wins, but then he, he's not, you know, so he fought a guy before he got a stoppage. Okay. He got dominated by Shakur Stevenson. So, and then the Rochelle happened recently, but my point is I'm looking at all of the fights, right? So when I go back, there are certain times, like I feel like the Burchelt was more about Burchelt than Nakatelia. That's my point. It, it felt like it was more about what if something with Burchelt versus Nakatelia was doing in that fight. And so everybody, including myself, by and large, feels like Maloney is going to deal, or excuse me, not Maloney. <laughs> Maloney. Oh, geez, sorry. Too many fights on docket. Muratalia is going to be able to deal with Nakatelia. I hope I'm wrong. Because I do think Nakatili is a good dude. I just, something's weird in, inconsistent is the real word on this one. Dennis Hulk Hogan returns against James Metcalf. This is on the Katie Taylor undercard. 12 rounds of super welterweight action. Of course, I know, I know Hogan, of course. Uh, he's a really good fighter, really good dude. He's been on the decline. He's older, much older. Way more experienced, but he's older. He's, he's getting up there in age. And then Metcalf has a couple of losses, but he's rebounded very strongly. I think Metcalf wins this one. Hogan's been on, Hogan's been having a hard time of it. The funny thing is that social media feels like Hogan is going to win this fight. They feel like Hogan's going to knock the dude out. Maybe he does. I don't see it. I see Metcalf possibly winning this one because I feel like Hogan has been steep decline and he's tried. It's not like he doesn't try, but it's like he gets caught. He struggled in his last fight. And then before that, three losses, two of them stoppages. I feel like he's just on the decline. It's not a matter of skill. He just feels like he's declining. And I think Metcalf has a really strong chance of, of dealing with him. The last one I see is Lucas Body fighting Jesus Amparan. This is out in uh, Nigeria, Niagara, Nigeria. Niagara Falls Convention Center, Niagara Falls in Canada. DAZN, 10 rounds at lightweight action. So this is, I'm pretty sure it's a free broadcast fight. Body's undefeated. Body's the up-and-comer. Body only debuted like four years ago-ish. And then uh, Amparan, he's fairly young, but if you, you couldn't tell, like based on his record, uh, he debuted, I want to say almost like eight, ten years ago or something. And he doesn't, he has a lot of experience baked up, but he's not been performing very well. He's He did good at first with the lower tier, but he wasn't able to do hardly anything else beyond that. He's declined. And so his most recent, he, he lost a uh, decision. Ironically, most people think that Amparan takes out body because of experience. I'm going to, I understand what they feel and I understand why they feel what they feel. You got two power, power punchers here. So what, to me, I think the story of this fight is either you're going to get in this fight, and I'm making a prediction on this one because it's an intriguing one. Either you're going to get Amparan using his experience and catching body with something, which could happen, but I don't think it's going to, or you have a firefight that goes the distance. I don't see it as this wash where Amparan is easily going to take out body. I think body's going to be there. I think body's not getting a fair chance, mostly because again, experience plays and does play in, but you got to look at all the other intangibles too. I mean, I don't think it's fair to ding him because he's new to the game. A lot of guys are new to the game and they still dominate. Remember, Amparan's fresh off a decision loss. So 
I, that messes with you. And he never took a uh, get back fight. So that messes with you. Body's, I'm pretty sure he's riding on a high right now off his most recent win. So I think Body absolutely could take Amparan out, in my opinion. That's what I see on fights this weekend. Um, dial back in. And by the way, this one is Sunday. So tomorrow, that one, if you do want to check it out and see if, because I don't, this one feels like an intriguing matchup. Um, to me, I don't know why. It just this one stands out to me more than the other ones. The other ones are exciting fights. This one's an intriguing fight. So, if you want to check that out, that one's tomorrow on the zone. Like I said, I think that's on free. If you want to check it out, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Combat Talk Radio Masterpiece Boxing, found at combattalkradio.net. I want to thank you for listening today, whether you are a subscriber or not. I know you have choices, and I appreciate you for being here. Just to remind those that are new to the show. Combat Talk Radio records every Friday, so once a week in the Pacific time zone. And then Lifeblood of Boxing series, which is our coverage of the boxers I think are worth your time and give to the sport. That's once per month. It does not have a fixed schedule, but once a month I'll have a release until I run out of ones that I think are worth covering for Lifeblood of Boxing. So those are our two programs. It is podcast only at this point. We want to hear from you. So combattalkradio.net at the bottom. Hit comments, feedback. Let us know how we're doing. If there's anything that you'd like to see us adjust or improve, we want to hear from you, and we are open to that feedback. We also are open to starting up the YouTube again, but it seemed like that died off when Lomachenko took a loss, and we don't know why. So if somebody knows why or they'd like to hear the YouTube coverage, let us know that as well in the comments, and we are open to doing it. We just need to make sure the fans are there. Right now they're on the podcast not on the YouTube for whatever reason specific. We're open either way. Anyhow, that'll do it, and I will see you guys next week.